It's like I'm having the most beautiful dream. And the most terrible nightmare all at once. Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Waru Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and envies, to Watery Death Show, Stream of Thought, live. Raw and uncensored. By which you mean, usually me, I mean Doc's the reserved one, he's the polite individual amongst that particular cadre here. See, I'm just, you know, pissing vinegar usually. Hey, good to see you all. Welcome to our episode five of a Bonena Fish coverage. I am the <laughs> subtle doctor, and uh, to my left, as we sit situated on OBS, is a professional fighting game player. <laughs> That's a lie. Guilty Gear, you quit work. You're only a Guilty Gear player now. Tell your boss, tell your friends. This yes. is where you, you know, unshackle yourself from modern corporate life. Make the announcement. <laughs> Go. Uh, I'm afraid that I'm actually shackling myself more to corporate life, so I'm doing a small bit of product placement today. Well, not really, but I found this in the supermarket, folks. It is the most appropriate beer for this particular show, and it is, Ooh. of course, banana bread beer. I love banana bread beer. It's Fucking the amazing. best. Now, I actually looked on the label because a lot of beer tends to be made with fish scales, which of course makes a lot of it for vegetarians. So I was hoping that'd be the case because it's about the closest you'll ever get to an actual banana fish beer. Sadly, that is not so, or at least I can't find anywhere that indicates it on the label. If you happen to know about banana bread beer and if it's got that in it, please feel free to sell me. But for the moment, cheers. Oh, I can't. 
It's actually quite nice. This. Yeah, and it's tasty. They have it at mm. uh, local fresh markets, and I do enjoy nice. it very much. I, I just grabbed it from Tesco because I thought, well, it's either that or, you know, the usual canned IPA cake bollocks. But I thought, you got to have an appropriate beer when you're talking about banana fish. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Mm. And you've made me very jealous. Heretofore, I've been the prop comic. Uh, <laughs> what with forks and stress balls. And here you are bringing in... Well, and then you actually did it with the whiteboard first. So now I feel like yeah. I have to up the ante even more uh, well, and bring fair, in my own be... beverage. To be fair, don't be falling too out of my foot. It's just making me look like a raging alcoholic to all of our audience here, you know. I mean, it is only Monday after all, but I've had this in the fridge since over the week, and I thought, you know what? Sod it. So, there we go. But anyway, Banana Fish Episode 5. Well, indeed, indeed. Um, I'm gonna, I... gonna first... Well, before we do the summary uh, mm -hmm. of Episode 5, which I need because it's been a few days since I've watched it, and memory bad you know have small <laughs> children so dad brain is real what it's... were they actually smashing you over the head with bricks or something or sticks i dad, mean get us something dad get us something dad get us something and then like you just that's why you've gone i mean they might as well be doing that let me just yes put it that way but <laughs> the the effects on the brain are more indirect than simple head trauma if only that were the case <laughs> rather than a lifetime of slow methodical torture Putting ah, holes the in the brain. Game. Yes, exactly. Uh, but did, did it smile that as well? So, you know. <laughs> yes. Be expects. Let's. Uh, boy, I'm having a hard time unshackling my brain from evolution. By the way, <laughs> um, I've been. It's weird because, you know, I was in Banana Fish Friday, thinking about it, rolling with it, ready to talk about it. Uh, stuff came up and we were not able to and then for the next three days I just watched fighting games <laughs> so um, <laughs> well but... let me, let's talk instead about the Tekken anime while we're at it <laughs> where he oh. actually catches a fucking tomahawk in God. his mouth one of the most amazing Tekken things ever is a such it's a life. good anime it's life doc <laughs> yes it's so incredibly good we need to review it. We need to do uh, a mystery bando theater on Tekken. There's so I mean we've already done Street Fighter Alpha, so Oh Jesus, what? The the crotch shot. The crotch shot. Mm hmm Yes. Man. Street Crotcher. <laughs> I think Virgilia called it. <laughs> so, something something like that. But it's either gonna be the uh, Tomahawk scene or, you know, the amazing English dub where Lee uh, declares in the most restrained manner possible, I'll never give it up. And by which I mean, like, it's the most ham thing ever. Like, there's there was so much ham in there. Like, <laughs> the, 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 if you actually bought the DVD of that anime, you would be made of bacon. That's how much ham is in that. That's good. It's just, it's it's just ridiculous. You'll have to listen to the clip someday. Um, but yes, let's talk about Banana Fish Episode 5. This is called From Death to... Uh, sorry. It's oh. called from you know. Not, it's called not being able to actually pronounce the title properly. There you go. <laughs> may I um, may I do the Twitter polls from last week? Oh yes, of course. To close out, to close the loop on episode four. Um, Twitter poll. Let's talk about the Twitter polls. So, three polls last week, and uh, if you want to answer uh, future polls, please go to twitter.com/slash what are we show at what are we show on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. We will tweet them out after the show and try to retweet them throughout the week if we remember, which we've established we're bad at that. Uh, was the first we're probably a bad podcast to be fair? So oh, you know, yes, but that's why we're a we good a podcast. Um, uh... was the first Gwen Stefani solo album good? Shadon disputed this. It I came... did very very certainly. It came up because of the the bananas in mm-hmm. Hollowback Girl. So 72% agree with me and say yes. It's good. Science. Scientific data shows that you're in the wrong. So I hope that you learn from this and you move on from your bad opinion. Keep sinking further and further out of the camera shot. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do any further fear of actually causing my chair to snap then I'll just like, you know, severely injuring myself. I didn't also want to spill this either, so... Another time, folks. I'll you know do one of those like going down behind the couch fakes that we mentioned previously. The Austin Powers uh, spoofs. Now here's an elevator. <laughs> uh, no, that's bad. Um, uh, are you surprised that they (parentheses two) dies in episode five? This was close. Fifty-five percent say yes. Um, ah, I wonder if like you know that maybe the because of what happened you know with. Uh poor old skip that uh maybe people are more prime now you know like you know it's like it's like when you watch the first season of game of thrones like at yeah. that point everyone everyone's got life expectancy measured in minutes you're being generous it's true so um hey, yeah you on that this anime will though. condition you um <laughs> so final poll did the rats given the drug kill each other as was shown in the picture or commit suicide as I said in the text, sixty-one percent said that they just killed each other. <laughs> mm. um, I feel like we need to start drawing battle lines along these particular footfalls and have like a Megalorian of what of ones I am right. Why? Ones where you're wrong. Why are, are you disputing the Gwen Stefani thing? What, what is? Because because he's got good taste. Oh, there you are, Rob. I, I apologize for presuming, but. Because they've got good taste. There you go. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> so now let me try and actually properly pronounce the title of this episode without slurring it. Uh, it's from Death to Morning, which is usually how I describe my state of mind between the hours of 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. when I'm out on, a, on the lash, you know. Pretty much how it goes with me. But the actual episode is, you know, prison's over, prison's done, it's quitting time, clocking out. Ash is on the prisons way. Prisons over. <laughs> I love that. That's the greatest phrase ever. It's like school ending for summer. <laughs> and he's been given homework for a while. Come on, Danny Trejo. Let's go. <laughs> Enjoy the forever. summer of our youth. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Ash is being let out on bail. Uh, conditions being, of course, he doesn't kill anyone or, you know, do anything untoward. He's got to be a well-behaved gentleman. And given everything that's happened up until this point, I know already that the exact opposite is what's really going to go down. Like, it's not a question of, you know, when Ash is going to start, you know, plugging people full of lead, but more of a, you know, how long you'll take him to get to that point. Indeed. So, you know. And we're already starting off on a good bit with this, because Ag finds out, and Ag just looks like he's just a cat leaping on a sofa when his owner gets home from work. Like, he's yes. so excited. Like, Ash is getting out! Woo! And, well, he's coming over? Oh. He's gonna spend the night? 
Is, are we gonna have a sleepover? <laughs> what the? F That's the scariest <laughs> thing ever. Jesus Christ! That was like some Slenderman shit there, mate. Fucking <laughs> oh, hell! Um, but unfortunately, Ag is not the only one who learns, of course, of Ash's, uh, you know, gay our prison. Papa fucking Dino finds out as well. I mean, of course. Of course he does. So, you know that, well, now that he's aware, certain things are going to start happening. So, cut back to afterwards, and trying to dredge my memory here, I uh, get a couple of bits, you know, of Max Lee, you know, saying goodbye. Uh, they're not the last we'll see of him, actually, as it happens. Like, I originally believed mm -hmm. at the end of episode four, this was probably going to be the be-all and end-all of Max's contributions to the show. Not because, you know, I believe he was a useless character, but I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, you have your moment, and then that kind of it is it, especially in an ensemble cast like this. But I was actually mistaken. Max does play a bigger role in this. Um, so, yeah, I think end, you might have been uh, right, though, in the beginning, but then the author was like, all right, fuck that one. We named this guy Max Lobo. <laughs> we This is cannot be a throwaway character. We got to push this guy to the sky like keep he's got him in the story like can you imagine like you know max lobo doing a podcast or doing his own twitch channel max lobo let's plays you know something like thief the dart project i don't know but, yes um, <laughs> thief the dart. he seems like the metal age kind of yes yes mm. <laughs> it does seem like a youtube handle for sure for sure mm. Verified um, YouTube partner with YouTube Gaming. <laughs> Sub now for four ninety nine and get I don't know pictures of my wife. <laughs> what, what? What do they usually give for? So I've never subscribed to any. I've never paid to subscribe to a Twitch channel. Like, uh, what do you get? To the chat. Uh, the super chat. Well, you know, you've got to have a quality filter on there, and money is usually one of the most effective quality filters there is as far as, you know, stopping the proletariats from getting in, you know, the dredges of society. More like the trolletariats, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I've made this comment before, folks, but there's not enough alcohol in my alcohol. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to top it up somehow. I don't know if I can like put more bananas or more bread in my banana bread beer, but I need to obviously solve this problem as well. Anyway, uh, yes, Ash leaves. Now, Ash um, says he's got nothing to pack when he leaves, but he is carrying something with him, which is, of course, the knowledge that he knows his brother is dead. But, of course, they don't know, that is to say, Charlie, eBay, AG, they don't know that he knows. They're completely not privy to this. And so Ash, you know plays with them a little bit by, you know, leading up the question, like, I'd like to see my brother now. And of course, Charlie, you know, never played poker a day in his fucking life, looks guilty as sin. And they, ah. of course, do dis they do discuss it eventually before cutting to them going in the car. And Ash, well, he has already, you know, had his moment of grieving and being emotional, and there will be another one later in this episode. But he starts, you know, faking it in such a way that I thought, oh, come on now. Guys, guys, you know this kid's street smart. You know he's pretty sharp. And he says, I think I'm going to throw up. Like, that's the Captain America skit like, from way back when, like in the 1970s movies, when he tried to, like, salvage his son. What, whoa, what a tangent that is, actually. Whoa. Yeah. It, whoa. So I learned, I learned this from watching Red Letter Media. It turns out there's a Captain America movie with which Captain America is played by J.D. Salinger's son. And one of his uh, little tech things he does in the film is he twice 
says, I think I'm going to be sick when he's being driven somewhere, gets out, walks down the road, driver follows him, and then he runs back and steals the car. <laughs> I cannot believe I have just tangentially linked through a six-degree thing to Salinger's son, to Salinger's banana fish, to the being sick thing. That's genius. I mean, but they're so connected, though. (laughs) They're connected the the twice, you know what I mean? Like, the whole, you know, banana fish story. Mm -hmm. We know the Salinger connection. And then this fucking show, J.D. Salinger's son, like, does this exact thing. (laughs) That's just crazy. That's insane to me. That's completely unintentional, of course, but it is um, pretty amazing. So, okay, they do all, of course, you know, get out of the car, and Ash pulls a gun on a, on them and says, right, okay, I'm taking the car and I'm heading off, because obviously, you know, he's going to go and kill the fuck Ardina. Well, what did you expect him to do? He wasn't exactly, you know, going to go and visit, I don't know, local comic shop or something. So, hey, there you go. Hey, um, Superman number one is out. <laughs> get on that. But, um, but eBay's not an idiot, and he manages to actually distract Ash long enough for him and Charlie to get the drop on him and try and, you know, strain him. But, you know, AG decides, you know, okay, I've had my taste of New York fog life. I am going to now, you know, be the wild card in all this. So he gets in the car I mean, and drives off. Like, just walks around there. No one, no one is suspecting that mm-hmm. he will make this move. This is, I, and I love this as, um, just totally illogical, impetuous, like, foolhardy thing that you can't kind of uh plan for or script for like i love when these things kind of things happen like the story is proceeding in a certain way logically and then hard left turn because a character believably acts totally irrationally yeah he makes an incredibly stupid decision yes but it's not like but it's so different than like the illogic that we like will complain about in an anime you know what i mean i feel like yeah it goes against kind of common sense and like safety but it doesn't feel completely alien to Asia. up to it's, the, it's more organic because he's a naive dummy who's in love <laughs> exactly exactly so they do drive off and eventually Ash says pull over and no he's not throwing a sickie again this time he's not going to do that a second time round but rather he's actually trying to say to Eiji look things are going to go south you shouldn't be here just get out and let you know let me go do my thing and this is when we actually get a bit of backstory yeah this well that's is actually good. a bit later uh, but the moment we do of course also get a cut to uh, Papadino you know doing oh. his you know normal hobby of pruning i love this not, pe- not pruning people this time as it happens but he's just actually pruning his flowers so <laughs> oh you're a campsite my glory wow i well thank you for tuning in from uh sticks wherever you might be that is much appreciated uh but yeah we'll definitely catch up at some point and um, we'll have it on the board and such so hey up your jay camping trip mm-hmm. anyway <clears throat> so arthur you know being his usual slimy, wormy self, while also not being completely rock stupid, starts actually, you know, pumping Dino for information. Like, what is the banana fish? What's going on here? And Dino actually, in the end, decides to start telling him. He says, no, banana fish is not a person. It is a drug. A drug that will change the world. It's the drug, you know, that we saw earlier. There's your confirmation. 
So there's that. And Ash and Ag are actually, you know, traveling through um, the streets of New York. Ag, of course, you know, speaking at the top of his voice, like you know, oh, not really being. Can oh. I? Um, there's a there's just a, a moment when a great scene when uh, Dino's trimming his plants, and he's got the the clippers, and this very simple sort of sort of thing, but I really enjoyed what it conveyed and how it conveyed these things, like when Dino is saying like, oh, don't worry about Ash. You know, you don't have to chase after him. He'll come mm -hmm. to me. He has no friends. Clip. No territories. <laughs> Clip. No brothers. Clip. Like, Ow, my finger! Oh, I didn't just... <laughs> need to do that crap! <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. Well, it's, well, if you've seen Megalobox recently, you might recall a scene later on involving... Uh... The boss, the mob leader, eating fish and particularly poking the eye. Well, without spoiling too much. Oh, oh, yeah. Another fork related eye thing. Oh. So there's your link, boy. Forks, mm. man. No forks in this episode. Surprisingly, I mean, I'm surprised that Ash didn't make a crossbow that shot forks out. I thought they were going to be like, as you know, superpower. <laughs> but again, wasn't that also one of the talents of one of the mystery men? I don't know. Yeah, the Blue Raja was the master of cutlery. Would uh, always, in the you know, he would say things like, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, what well, well, was a good? Um, I'm willing to fork give you in case you fork get." Oh <laughs> god, that sort of stuff. In, in the universe of banana fish, that particular gentleman is a lethal weapon. Red He's eyes, deadly. red eyes, red eyes. What a treat! Uh, we weren't expecting <laughs> to see you again, so spoon. <laughs> I love, sorry, I love Mystery Man so, so much. Like, <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh, it's a, crack, it's a cracking film. Um, anyway, so, while Aegis, you know, mouthing off at the top of his voice, again, he still doesn't quite, you know, understand playing it down, you know, keeping under the radar. Uh, Ash, you know, is, again, full-on prowling animal, constantly surveying the area, mm -hmm. spots a guy tailing them, and the guy, you know, walks around the alley, corner of this alleyway where Ash is waiting for him, and he's like, does stab him, and Ash just kicks the shit out of him. And then, well, it's our favorite gentleman. Oh, that's shorter. Oh, he's that's back. shorter. He's back. And he's wearing the a shirt straight from Cosmo Kramer's closet. <laughs> from Seinfeld. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. What a I, guy. I actually... I actually think that one day, if this ever comes out on Blu-ray, I might just rip it off the DVD or the Blu-ray and just edit in the Seinfeld sting every now and again when it cuts <laughs> between scenes. Like, when they're walking up down the alleyway. <laughs> I, Amazing. I mean, this show is pretty great already, but you could not, you know, go wrong with adding in the Seinfeld sting every now and again. No, everything's improved by it. It's like, um, mm. it's like adding Jam Project music. It just makes everything better you're right can't follow it but okay so shorter and ash you know they chat about what they're gonna do next and you know they have an amazing bro shake because when you know you're that tightly knit in a gang you've got to have a bro shake of course one potato two potato three potato <laughs> exactly it's great um ag of course is gonna join them for the ride um so what they end up doing is Charlie actually ends up trying to find them through going through Chinatown to the restaurant. Turns out the restaurant where uh, Shorter was uh, masquerading as Chang 
Uh, that's actually owned or run by his sister. Um, can't find him because he's not been owned for days. So obviously, you know, people are looking out for him. What a liar, by the way. She's <laughs> so uh, putting one over on the cops. To be fair, I think she she's a... she's so part of like the 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 the, the in group. Like mm. yes, providing like the respectable face for mm-hmm. you know the restaurant. The front. Yes. Exactly. Um, so later, after after that scene concludes, Shorter, AG, and Ash, you know, they're having a chat again about what happens next. Mm-hmm. And Ash is saying, like, why are you still here? Like, you shouldn't be here. Mm. You can get still get out. It's mm-hmm. not looking to you. Um, but AG then does relate the backstory I mentioned before, which actually ties back into his pole vaulting thing. I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, in a different show, that would have been a one-stop skill. He just kind of brought it out of nowhere. But no, it's actually relevant to the wider plot mm-hmm. and also to his character. So good on the show for establishing that early on and then bringing it back as a point of focus. Love this. Uh, but it turns out that AG was an athlete who actually did try to professionally or compete competitively, you know, pole vault. But in doing so, injured himself and injured his leg. And that basically wrote off his career. He had to quit it. He tried to get back into it, but he couldn't. He was too badly injured from it. So he made a promise to himself never to quit again when challenged with something. Now, one might argue... And then he went to the metaverse with Morgana (laughs) before he was the first social... No, that's stupid. (laughs) I just... Another... I I enjoy both injured athletes that I'm referencing. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I think think Ryuji's more injured in the brain than the leg, to be honest. That is a matter of debate, of course. How dare you? Um, but anyway, um, so that being said, I am of the opinion, of course, that, you know, injuring yourself in a sporting, you know, accident is one thing. But getting involved in mob warfare is a kind of a step up. And I mean, I'm sure that, you know, someone could probably, you know, put on a whiteboard, a progression chart, like, you know, putting all the links together of like the various steps it takes to get to that point. But like, I mean, AG's like literally just got, you know, the go go straight to go card on Monopoly. He's passing everything and getting straight to the good stuff. So <laughs> he is however, We're old he's... though. We're old. We don't remember what it's like to I guess feel like you can do whatever you want and whatever you I put mean, your I mind s- to. I mean I don't know there. about you, Doc, or people listening at home or in campsites, wherever you might be. But I certainly also definitely did not end up, you know, getting involved in a gangland war over a, you know, fictional magical drug. <laughs> nope. So, can't say. Uh, can't say uh, that Vera that has, happened. Mirror clarified that now the before I graduated was, high school. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, so Mirror has clarified that. Um, thank you for this. That he did indeed actually recover, but it was a mental block. He just couldn't bring himself yeah, to try again. Exactly. Throw himself into. That's it. correct. So yeah. Thank you for thank you for clarifying that. Um, he he kept yeah, getting scared at the point, you know, at the point uh, in which he put his pole into the ground. Like, and that's really, like, the hardest thing for one of the hardest things I think for uh, athletes, amateur or professional, that get injured, is to fully commit your body to those actions again with all the physical memory and mental um remember by by physical memory just muscle memory and everything of feeling the pain and your body remembers that stuff uh everything associated with that stuff like all the last memories are of terrible pain and getting injured but like you have to do it again and you have to commit 
because if you half asset, you're just, you know, you won't at, at best you won't be an asset, and at worst you'll get hurt again. Um, and it's it's really it, it's quite something. Like for instance, um, there's a baseball player called um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, he used to play. <laughs> he he was uh, the MVP of the National League last year. He played for the Marlins and he plays for the Yankees this year. I don't know why I can't think of his name. I um, got nothing. I mean, I'm on the wrong side of the pond. So about baseball. Sorry. Yeah. Well, um, just sit my drink. So he had um, a really terrible injury where, like, he got a ball thrown in his face that like Ooh. blew up his face, like his orbital bone, everything like that, just really messed him up Yowch. um and you know he got back from it uh and was you know not um god damn it i'm trying to look up this guy's name and i can't um oh well you know what it's just it's just destined to not happen <laughs> someone in chat <laughs> helped me out of it but anyway so when he was coming back like you know, he like would be in the batter's box and he'd be standing there and th so much stuff would be going on in his head that suddenly he'd just hear the ball in the catcher's mitt. He would not mm -hmm. have even seen it. Cause like Makes just sense. getting back in that space, like mentally again, and not always having that in the back of your head. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's fairly routine for athletes to come back from, from injury. Like we hear about it a lot. If you follow professional sports, um, but I think we, we don't stop and think kind of everything that's involved with it, like all the kind of the sacrifice and commitment that that part of it takes. It's really something, hmm. but poor Eiji, you know, he, he was defeated by it and he gave up, mm -hmm. you know, that, and that's, you know, some do, you know, who's to say I wouldn't, you know, it, if put in that hmm. situation, that's very difficult. This is fair. This is fair. Um, so after that, AG wakes up and he's being caressed by Ash's gun. No, that's <laughs> that's that's the truth. It's true. It's, um, yep. Yeah. Morning, so sweetie. Feel this cold gun barrel on your hot <laughs> face. <laughs> he could have just literally just said to him, "Wake up." <laughs> that's I know. The best bit of it. He has to do it this way, just to play with it. But um, theatrical. So yes, they are indeed going to go and kill Dino, and they've got a plan. Dino goes and visits a restaurant. Uh, what was it called? Cod? Cod something Cod. Because Kate Cod is oh, yeah. later. It was Club Cod. Yeah, club his, cod. Uh, okay. his club. Yeah, and it would surprise you. Giancarlo, Giancarlo Stanton is the baseball player. God uh, damn it. Oh, I could not think of Giancarlo Stanton. I was I'm like, actually surprised. Carlos Arroyo? That's not it. Carlos <laughs> Beltran? No, he's a New York Met. Or he was. And he, I don't know why I blanked on that. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that it was going to be one of those things where you'd remember it, like, in the middle of your sleep and you'd just wake up bottle up, right? Covered in cold sweat. Like, oh my god, I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, but yes, there is indeed something fishy going on at Club Cod. hey -o. I had to do that. Come on. If I, if I hadn't done that, then people would have complained. It would have been like, you missed a, you missed a shot. But unfortunately, um, what is going on is nothing to actually laugh about. There no. is human trafficking there, specifically of children. Selling children. Indeed, one of the people mentioned in the stock photograph that we get is a US senator who's, you know, buying children who are 10 
approximately there. So, great. Fantastic. Banana fish, what fun and lovely show that makes you just feel warm and pleasant inside. Great. Uh, but Dino goes there every Wednesday on the dot, same time. So, plan is simple. I'm going to get a truck. I'm going to get some guns. I'm going to be on top of the truck. I'm going to shoot him dead when he goes in the restaurant. Unfortunately, uh, when they actually execute on this plan, uh, before I forget, actually, I should mention that the reason that um, Ash was, you know, prodding poor AG in the face with this fucking handgun, you know, as if the poor kid isn't shit scared enough of what's about to happen, he's actually giving him it as a means mm-hmm. to protect himself. And he's very pragmatic about it. He's like, right, when this kicks off, I'm not going to be able to look after you. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah. He's getting and... he's getting his own gun. His own custom mm-hmm. gun from uh, the local Chinese mafia. It's the, begin- it's the beginner's gun, you know? It's an automatic. It's, dead- it's easy to use, you know? Mm-hmm. Market... Marketed for, you know, kids who happen to, you know, be coming across the pond, very long distance, just happen to go get caught in gang It's a very niche market, but it is selling well. <laughs> Do you think Ajima remembers how to load the gun? I don't think... Well, the thing is, he doesn't even manage to fire it in the end, so I think, you know, to him, it's just something that you wave around menacingly, like it's a magic wand, and hopefully people, you know, get the picture. So... But, well, it is... It's a thing to, you know, give it to him, but it's also, you know, a different step inside for him to actually have to do anything with it as we'll learn when the, you know, actual shit hits the fan. So, in the end, uh, Shorter, AG, and Ash, they make a move on, you know, the restaurant. Ash, you know, sees Dino coming out, is like, Dino, and he's going to shoot him dead. But, of course, who'd be waiting in the fucking window with a guy acting as a sniper but everyone's favourite Dio wannabe, fucking Arthur. God damn it, what Arthur. I had to say, by the way, I had a good chuckle because I imagined a deleted version, a deleted scene equivalent of this, which is that, you know, Arthur and his goons would be there looking out the window and it would just gradually fade from day to sunset to night and I'm like, are we on the right street, boss? <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. And I just hear a gunshot. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it checked my map right. I read it upside down. Uh, but no. There, um... There's like a quote earlier in the show where Arthur's talking to, uh, to Dio when he's like trying to, you know, be like... Arthur's talking to Dio? Dio, Papa, <laughs> Dino, Dino, Papa Dino. Yes, uh, Lord Dio, I will kill Jones for <laughs> I just need to cosplay as you for an entire anime. Um, and he's like, you know, you can trust me. I'm reliable. Like, let me be part of your inner circle. You know, tell me what's going on. Who's this banana fish guy? And, uh, you know, Papa asks him, like, why do you hate Ash, or why do you want to go after Ash? And then he just lays out this quote that I think is a cool quote. It just mm-hmm. struck me as very different than the way, like, he normally kind of talks. Like, it just didn't mm-hmm. sound like his voice. He said, a great man can brook no rival. Yeah. Um, is that, so I don't know the genesis of that quote. I tried to look it up and couldn't find it, but I was like, he's stealing that from somewhere. He read it on Obama, clearly. <laughs> Yes, totally. It was either on the it was either on the bar mat or the pack of a cig, you know, the back of the cigarette pack. Exactly. Um, yes. So, Fortune cookie stuff. No, it's not. It's not actually that bad. It's uh, <laughs> it's somewhat interesting. It just sounded literary, uh, and I know the writers of this show have a thing for twentieth uh, century lit. Um, they, they but know. anyway, they know. Uh, Max Max I, is out of jail, by the way. Yep, yeah, Max has left jail. He's uh. 
gone you know, underground. Ash... <laughs> well, he's very much overgrounded later on in this particular scene. <laughs> That's but right. Yes, uh, Ash is indeed shot. He manages to hit Dino, but Dino's not fatally wounded. So obviously, things go completely south. I've gone full Scorsese on this gun battle in the street. Yep. Um, the guys crash the truck in doing so, and AG is confronted by a guy with a knife. And he aims the gun at him, but he can't bring himself to it. So we have this nice cutaway shot where we see the gun show up, like, oh shit, did he fucking do it? Mm -hmm. Did he kill him? No, it was Shorts. So Shorts just took the gun from him. Oh, what that's shorter, murdering people oh, while having them oh. bleed out and this stuff. <laughs> um, also, the yeah. look the look on that guy's face when he realized that AG couldn't fire the gun. Whew. Oh, oh, menacing stuff. I got away with it today. Finally, I will be able to stab someone with this knife. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. No. It was After all these true. all these years, bringing a knife to a gunfight, it was finally going to pay <laughs> off. I was finally going to win and disprove the old proverb. But no. No. Shorter ruins it for everyone. Well, that's that myth busted. Say <laughs> so, there you go. Um, Max does indeed intervene, and as, you know... Dino's various goons like start coming and getting in on close on him. Um, <clears throat> they say, right, go jump in the river. So they do. And they make it over to a uh, different side of the riverside where the warehouses are. And Arthur has a reasonable idea where they are, so he's going to go find them. But not, we're not going to see any really resolution on that in this episode. Mm -hmm. It'll be next time, I suspect. But in the end, uh, when they do actually finally get over to the other side, um, Ash is like, nope, I'm leaving. I'm going to go get stuff done. And Max, like, finally, you know, Having said, right, I've had enough of this shit. I'm not in prison anymore, so I can't be punished for it. Just completely, utterly knocks him the fuck out. He carries him over his shoulder. Uh, AG is out cold as well. And yeah. so all of them, uh, that would be uh, Charlie, Max, Chaucer, uh, Ash and AG, end up at Max's hideout, uh, which is me. Like, he's a fucking journalist. Why is he Batman? Why is this <laughs> Batman level shit coming on? <laughs> this is some Green Arrow level stuff, honestly. <laughs> like, but then, um, when they arrive there um, at the hideout, uh, Ash wakes up. He's been patched up. Um, by the way, uh, Dino has also survived, and Dino has basically said, right, I want him back alive. I don't care if you take off his arms, his legs, or his arms and legs simultaneously. Didn't he say you could scoop out his eyes, which just that phrase in English just makes me shudder. Oh. Why is this... I why is this scoop for, sir? It isn't the vanilla or mint, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's oh. just something squishy and juicy, but it's oh, not bad. stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> sorry, <sighs> sorry. Um, but yeah, they end up getting back to Max's hideout. Um, Ash checks in on AG very briefly and then ends up heading to the rooftop where it's sundown, and he weeps for his brother as the episode closes out. Mm -hmm. And that's it for the moment. Again, like, you know, bit of a more subdued kind of ending this time rather than, mm -hmm. oh shit, age is literally about to get, you know, molested by Mr. Dio wannabe Arthur. Um, but that's it. That's the episode in a nutshell. Uh, wasting no time in, you know, like, there's no careful, there is careful preparation, but there's no, like, long game for Ash, like, you know, in dealing with Papadino. He's like, no, I'm just going to go and shoot the guy. I know where he's going to be. I'll just fucking. Yeah. Well, they do, and they do have the, um, Yes, it was a good effort for trying to take down the most powerful criminal. He actually mm -hmm. got to shoot him. Um, if only he'd been a few inches to the to the right or to the left, whichever direction. 
Um, and then we, we do get the setup for next time that like this is now like he and Max are going to go home. They're going to travel mm-hmm. back to Cape Cod, where they yes, where they where they grew up. I don't know why that made me laugh. Um, well, it's banana fish, and we gained the cod references in against all. Yeah, I always think of that Vampire Weekend song, uh, Walcott. Do you know of it? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm afraid. No, okay. sorry. Uh, it talks about getting out of Cape Cod tonight frequently. Um, <laughs> and if we were doing a like long-form podcast where I got to edit in the music, I would use that song for an interstitial. Um, mm. But that will be... How do you feel about that coming up? Um, because so I think this could be a big tonal shift. I mean, already this episode, we're kind of like, I feel like, uh, switching to a, a lower gear kind of, um, it's still pretty intense, but I feel like, you know, we get backstory, some things, some moments, characters get time to breathe. The pace is a little slower. I feel like this could be even more of a downshift as we move away from the violence uh, and the conflict of New York and go to a smaller, quieter place. Like, it it could be more reflective. Um, I don't know uh, how it's going to go. What do you think? Well, the villains aren't stupid. So I think the first thing we have to deal with is the fact that Arthur doesn't know where they are. So they have to deal with him. They can't. I mean, there's yeah. going to have to be a way of. We're not going to have like you know episode six start with them literally arriving in Cape Cod and quenching out the interim. Something's going to happen with that. I mean, Arthur's not going to be dealt with probably until much like near the end of the season. I would say. So you think? Is, <laughs> well, I I'm of the opinion so. I think he's firmly established himself as you know Ash's like rival character in this. He's very mm-hmm. clearly you know the his like he's one of like many villains in the show, but he's certainly the one who's the most physically capable of engaging with him, you know, fighting him dead on, as opposed to, you know, being a more ideological, like, you know, or emotional or personal mm-hmm. level. Like, they're the ones who are scrapping. I mean, come on, we've got the fight in the OP, for example, where they're trying to cut each other up with knives. So, that that will be involved in that, I suspect. But the villains have thus far proved themselves not to be idiots, which is very, very refreshing. I'm yes. very happy with that. thank you. So, they could very well end up actually following them to Kick Cod. I mean, to think that they would just let Ash try and leave the city, for example, to go and search out some stuff anywhere, or just even just if, if he was trying to hide to get town, they'd know where he is, and they'd go after him. They'd let him go wandering around. I mean, Dean, Dino did just say, like, you know, okay, you've all played the game Operation, I want you to do it to him, but you've got to make sure not to touch the sides, right? You know, you've got to leave him alive. So remove all the all the unnecessary shit. Get the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get the buzzer. Leave him alive for me. So, it will possibly take a slower pace for a bit, but I think that there's always going to be that ever-present tension of, right, they're coming for me. They're never going to let up. They're always on their backs. I hope so. so. I hope that there's we'll see. the the menace lurking in the background, because it's a thing mm-hmm. I love about watching this show, is the, the palpable tension that I feel and the looming yeah, exactly. threat. Um, but then again, I mean, I just... You know, I don't know what to expect with this show, but I mean, I nothing has happened so far that has been like so insane that would make me expect something like I don't know if by the end of episode seven, like Cape Cod is burning to the ground or something crazy <laughs> like that. You know, I'm not sure that's where we're going. 
Um, well, maybe maybe it'll end up like Kate Fear. Who knows? <laughs> we can only uh, hope, I guess. I've never seen Kate Fear. Mm-hmm. I always saw I the people... box cover, like in my local Blockbuster, when I was a, a tiny child, and I always was like that looks scary. Those are some scary eyes on the cover of Cape Fear. Do you remember Cape Fear? Like the box <laughs> cover? I can't say I do. Oh, it was... I'm going to look it up right now. Well, it's another thought. You know, they're going to be in a Cape... Go, Ash and go fish. I mean, we've got all the fish stuff happening all the time now. So let's just have them just, you know, like doing some Huckleberry Finn shit, you know, on a river. Because why not? I mean, we're going to get all the literary references in here. Going down, going on the raft downstream. Who knows? <laughs> It could happen. Could happen. All right. Are you um, ready to just Google Cape Fear and you'll see? You'll see I'll have a look what I'm talking about. And just imagine yourself at age, I don't know, five. Hmm. Uh, all right. All right. So, talking points. Let's go over those. Do you want to go first, talk or shall I? Um, I'll go first. And go on. I mean, some of it will rehash what I went on about at length earlier. Um, but just the, you know, the whole thing about about Eiji uh, and his kind of injury and how that plays into his character now. Um, but this will be less about how difficult it is for pro athletes and everything. And I think the, the point I'll make now is just to say that despite, you know, what we are saying or, or could joke about like oh, well you know uh it's quite a different thing to go from pole vaulting to you know uh running with the mob um mm-hmm. that is true i mean empirically undeniable but actually like it makes it, it makes a certain amount of sense to me that you have a guy who was defeated psychologically by this injury he gave up he ran away uh from his from his struggle and retreated from athletics to join ebay.com and become a multi-million <laughs> no uh to to you know do this journalism gig and here immediately like i don't think much time has passed so he's involved in another kind of struggle and here again he's about to be pulled away from it he's about to run away from it, and someone is like making that choice for him mm-hmm. and i think you know just he's he's a person who's in love he's a person who has a sense of pride it would seem and is saying mm-hmm. to himself like you know, I've given up before. I'm on the other side of that, and I did not like how that made me feel. And I'm not doing that again. You know, I am now... I couldn't forgive myself if I gave up and ran away again. Um, cut to Shinji saying I mustn't run away over and over again. Uh, but, but yeah, like, I actually find that, you know, implausible, though the scenario may be, right, in some respects. Like, I kind of find it relatable and and it's admirable that he mm. and, and plus you know he's naive and everything to boot and young and so he's not really fully considering the consequences he's like I'm here I'm in it I I'm doing this I can keep doing this 
he doesn't shot yet. Yeah, I'm he doesn't. Fine. He doesn't imagine you know how bad it can get. Um, <laughs> I play Fortnite. I know I can take <laughs> hits. Yes, I. You know, I've, I've got me golden eye 007 training from N64. I know how to <laughs> strafe. I can just strafe away from the bullets. Um, but yeah, like I, I dug that. I, I really like that. It didn't drag the show down or anything like that for me. Mm. Um, and it was. It was cool because it was kind of prece- uh, preceded by um, the thing that happened before is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> precede? Proceed? What is English? How do you talk? <laughs> you, well, the... you move your mouth and then words sense come out. Well, I'm Sometimes doing that right now, but sense. bad things are happening. No, so... An- well, pre- precede. It came before. <laughs> Anterior to... Oh, God. <laughs> to that is is his sort of um different show we'd be talking about posterior soon (laughs) yes the handles um oh so just before like he has made his irrational swerve but Mm -hmm. you get this as a kind of it a kind of explanation or at least you're sort of like you know learning about here's the type of person that would do something like this. And it really, all this, this entire scene just, I thought really hit home for me. I mean, I, you know, it's been a few days. Like I'd have to rewatch it to look at the delivery of everything and see like, well, was it the most efficient, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't recall any issues there. Um, But the the feelings that conveyed to me and, and the information about AG, like, um, I appreciate it, and I I was into it, and I think it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that this is going to be one of those um, pride before the fall things because pole vaulting, like as someone who's you know barely able to leap a small fence if I try really hard, like it's a leap of faith thing. Like you know, you've got to put your weight into, you got to put your back into it. Well, then once you're actually going through it. What you end, where you end up landing, if you actually make it over there or not, it's out of your hands at that point. This says, says. I mean, I, yeah, I know, like you have to bend the pole while you get further up, and then you know, force your legs over and all that. It's not completely, you know, out of your control at that point. But um, like, I think to me, like the the way I see this going for Ag is that he's completely, you know, caught in the, the you know, or in the wake of Ash. Like he's falling behind him. He's fascinated by him. I mean, I made that like, you know, cat thing, you know, before, like where he. When he first says that, you know, he's okay and he just leaps up out of his chair, like, oh my god, he's all right. <sighs> like, yeah. I made, I made that point before, but I think that this is going to become a school of hard knocks from at some point, fortunately. Because he has, for the most part thus far, dodged injury, um, you know, and disgrace and humiliation. He's like, you know, he's not actually suffered any really severe consequences. He's kind of gotten away with it. And I don't think that's going to last. I think something <laughs> is going to happen. You're just waiting for that moment that Ash or Shorter snaps, and it's like you're you're fucking dead weight, kid. You're dragging everybody <laughs> down. You almost got me killed out there. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So maybe that's not necessarily also something that happens to him, but rather way to someone else. Because the thing is, like, one of the key points this episode that was put out there was that although he is, you know, doing all these rebellious things like stealing the car, joining Ash on, you know, his little assassination mission. When he's actually put down to it, when the, you know the chips are down, and he's like, "Right, I gotta shoot this guy. Do it. Can't. 
not bring himself to it. He might feel like, you know, that he could do anything because he's been inspired by Ash. And indeed, he has done some, you know, excellent feats so far, like the pole vaulting thing. But, you know, when it came down to life or death, where if he didn't shoot him, and if Shaw hadn't been there, he'd have been, you know, turned into pop-up pirate. So, that something something is going to be happening further down the line. It's going to be awful to watch. But there's going to be a question again, like, you know, well, I was injured then, and then I might not want to continue, but mm -hmm. then I'll force myself to do it. And what will his reasons be for doing that? Will it be fresh? Will it be for himself? Will it be a combination thereof? We'll find out. I was genuinely impressed by that as well. <laughs> okay, yeah, so let's actually start crash then. So, if there's one thing this show has been doing really well, like since we first introduced Fresh, is it's been gradually giving those subtle but welcome, you know, windows into him as a regular human being when he's not constantly on guard. Like, okay, that scene with the gun when he's like, you know, playing with Eiji when he's asleep, you know, when he's like poking the face of it. I really appreciate that action as a kind yeah. of mixture of like, you know, his flirtatiousness, like, you mm -hmm. know, his, you know, warming attitude towards him, but still being bound in the kind of language and bodily actions, you know, I mean, when I say language, I'm not talking about what he says, but more, you know, the tools and the influence he uses to convey yeah. that. Gun specific. Like, if he wants to just be playful with age, you could just poke him in the face like this, like, wake up, wake up. But he didn't. He did it with that. He wants yes, to he be wants tickled to... first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Punch. Very good. I'm very glad he put the safety on because again, that would have been an awful <laughs> deleted scene. Yes. Why was there a good shot in that AG's room? No reason. None. Swear. It was just a large no rat. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Nothing to it was, see it here. Was just, it was just a misfire. <laughs> um. But yeah, like he's still coaching his interactions with AG in the language of you know the world he's ex lived in for so long, the world of violence, the world of mob rule, you mm -hmm. know guns, knives, etc. I mean, yes, he is giving the gun swim, but he didn't need to do it, you know, to actually combine these things together. So when we get these windows where we see him as a regular person, we're still seeing that, you know, mob mentality, that criminal mentality draping over it every now and again. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to see if that continues when he, you know, there'll be a time to compartmentalize that. He can't throw away his old life just yet. He needs it to survive. I think that's reasonable to say. Yeah. But let's see if that changes. Let's see if he can, you know, bring about some normality i mean there's a difference between being normal and normality being normal to me is being boring and plain but normality you know the things that we desire you know a comfortable place to live someone we can care about that's universal and that's true of everyone even if i would say you know like you know they, they are like you know criminals and whatnot right? you know there's always gonna be a little bit of desire just down there like you know deep inside that says i want to live a normal life and then there's a scene at the end which I thought was fucking spectacular. As the sunset comes down, that's the end of this chapter of his life. Like, that's why he speaks about Griffith at that point, because that's the final, mm -hmm. like, the final full stop, the period on the end yeah. of the paragraphs of his life with Griffith. He accepts it's over. Mm -hmm. Like, he's going to learn more about him later, of course, through the letters and the time at Cape Cod. Well, that's why the sun comes down. So this is going to be the dark, you know, the darkness is ahead for him. Yeah. Choosing that particular, you know, phenomena as foreshadowing, as a, you know, an illusion to, you know, things are only going to get worse from here. But, well, there's a corollary to that as well, which is that it's always dark before dawn, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, really appreciate it. I mean, like, again, see, like, you know, also the visual imagery. Yes, Ash is wounded. He's been shot. But he's also wounded emotionally as well, and we see that full force having bandaged up. Like, he'll heal in time. But he's naked. He's out there. 
you know, he sees that sun going down. He weeps a little bit, but no one there's with no one there to see him or comfort him. You know, he he allows himself moments of humanity sprinkled throughout here and here, and again creates the voice acting. Like mm-hmm. when he's talking to AG in the car, like he doesn't take on the same tone he does with all the characters. It's a bit soft. Still yeah. has a bit of edge to it. It's not completely devoid of you know the classic you know do it's not really fuck good, with me or I'll... yeah do not fuck with me or you'll see you know white what the sequel to the fork is with the spoon. <laughs> he doesn't do that. But fork two I... colon this time it's a spoon. No, it's, no, he's going to advance to the ultimate weapon, the spork. The spork, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I really, really appreciate this character right here. This is subtle. But it's welcome. I mean, okay, maybe the sun sunset thing is a bit on the nose, but you know what? Oh, well, sometimes you know, sometimes, but sometimes you know that sometimes being flagrant, sometimes being obvious with your imagery and your metaphors is also welcome. Mm-hmm. Not everything needs to, you know, be coasting just underneath. Yeah. It can be blatant. So I really appreciate what they're doing with it. I mean, what are you going to do? Just write sunsets out of the out of the screenplay? <laughs> the sun never it's sets. It's on the here. moon. It's always day, and it's on the moon. <laughs> That's the twist. It's really uh, moon gangs. We have to uh, preface everything with moon. The moon drugs, moon gangs. The the sun is the enemy. They have to blow up the sun, you know, to survive the banana fish. Oh my god! Like so, the delivery of the voice acting for Ash, I thought, yes, I uh, so agree with you. Very, very on point. I. It is noticeable the the softness and tone like the change there i I think is really cool and um yeah it just is so it's not anything major it's not even that hard probably to do but it adds a lot i mean it adds so much just that that extra little bit um Mm. one thing so on something you said right at the beginning like is it isn't it interesting how this career criminal ash um Mm -hmm. who spent you know almost half his life uh sort of being abused um or being uh you know in a gang leader of a gang he seems to like have a like striking grasp of like what is normal like Mm -hmm. That is interesting to me. I mean, I wonder, you know, because he did not get uh, taken until he was like 10 or 11 years old. And so, I I mean, maybe I there's think... like r- stuff from there, like rooted, uh, r- rooted in his psyche. I don't know. Mm. But like, but yeah, or maybe it's just even like a kind of a fantasy thing, like... Ah, if only I could escape and be normal, but he doesn't really understand what that means or how to do it. Yeah. To me, I think that his life has been one of abuse, but it's not been 24 hours a day. He has still had the opportunity to lead and run a gang and learn, you know, street smarts, shooting guns, etc., etc. He has been educated, even if not necessarily formally. Yeah, that's not normal, but he he hasn't led in kind of a normal... like, Like, just to think... I don't know, like... For him to think like my life is not only bad but abnormal mm. is interesting because like who thinks that <laughs> at age 17 i mean like i mean i guess you'd be thinking like 
I'm He's not normal. Very I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not normal. I'm scum. I'm so the, the trash and angst. But it's a, it's a very different kind of thing. It, he seems to be thinking like, like my my mode of of living, like my entire way of life. Something is is uh, is wrong with it, and I don't know. Has this idea, and again, maybe maybe it's like again, maybe it is this fantasy where like. If only I could go back to my childhood days, or if only I could like, sort of, live like uh, this one family we passed in the street, then well, I feel like fair, I'd be happy. Just... But then, then you could have an interesting scenario. I, you might have alluded to this earlier, where the tables are turned, and it's Ash who's the naive one, and Aj's like, "Don't you know about how to live a regular lifestyle?" Yeah, like. Exactly. Here's how you, you know, hold down a job, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think to me, like, there are certain fundamental things that you can still have even if you do come from that particular life. Like, bear in mind, he is still very good friends with Chaucer, and he is, you know, he leads a gang. He's clearly, you know, socially, you know, et. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. It's just, again, like I said before, the gun is coached, couched, and rooted in the violence, um, sorry, uh, or the language, rather, of violence and criminality. So he is friends with Chaucer, but then the context beyond that changes our understanding of it. But it's still friendship, I would say. So I think that he has an understanding, and I'd be curious to see how this develops. Like I said before, imagine like you know if he hurts Aegy in some way, because that's the only thing he's ever known. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's had those kind of relations before, which I'd imagine are all entirely forced upon him, what if he forces himself on Aegy? Because that's all he's ever known. He... That will be that's that would be something I would anticipate might happen it's going to be awful if it does the thing is like I've said before a couple of times on stream of thought and in our podcast discussions sometimes in the pursuit of humanity or learning about humanity or just becoming a regular person the normal life mm-hmm. you can't be allowed to fuck up now that's not necessarily to mean that you should you know be able to fuck up so horribly as that but also you can be in the process of doing so Maybe he gets halfway through doing it. Maybe he pins AG down. AG doesn't want to do anything. But then he recognizes. He understands. He sees the facial expression of someone who knows what's about to happen to them. And he stops himself. Maybe, you know, he imagines himself like, you know, in that scenario when Dino had him previously. Who can say? So I don't think it's impossible for him to, you know, be acting the way he is. I just think that, you know, a lot of it, you know, still is very contextualized in this criminal world, you know, in this mob mm-hmm. gang mentality. And it'll be something to see, like, you know, if he just gets a moment to do some relatively normal, mundane, everyday shit that we all take for granted, like, you know, going for a drink somewhere, going for a coffee, watching a fucking movie. I don't know. I mean, we all, of course, want to see him do action-related stuff and crime-related stuff, because that's also entertaining. Do a flip. <laughs> do a flip. <laughs> what, if, what if Ash is actually a professional skater as well, like he's some Tony Hawk stuff? Ashley, do a flip. Ash links, Ash links do a flip. The, the link flip. There you go. <laughs> Pretty sure that's, that's got to be a wrestling move. Quite possibly. Maybe he could be a professional wrestler, you can say. But <laughs> it, that's my point, though. Like, I don't think it's impossible that that could be the case. I think that it could very well be that he's aware of it. He just can't, you know, have it right now. And in yeah. learning how he can have it with AJ, um, it's going to be something that's going to cause him to stumble and really probably fuck up quite horribly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I say, 
when you've come from that environment when you don't know any different it's understandable if not excusable that you would you know do something horrible and you're trying to feel your way around something all like we'll find out I'm sure but i'm intrigued to see how it goes totally yeah, all right uh, second sci-fi thing i want to talk briefly about the animation of all things because was it just me or did the animation seem a lot more fluid in this episode in certain bits particularly it was good car. it was good i was genuinely impressed with it like Again, this show is continuing to do very good things with its animation. Sporadic, very occasional, sometimes even quite rare, like first-person perspective, for example. Like when we have the scene where, you know, um, Charlie and eBay, you know, eBay leaves the apartment and then there's a knock. And then Charlie goes to the door and it goes first-person and you immediately know, because I presume that Charlie has not, you know, been a police officer in anywhere for very long. Like, right. what was he, you know, handling some fucking bumfuck Arctic research outpost somewhere in Alaska? Yes, yes. Like, yep. you know, oh, I called out to eBay who just left and he didn't respond. Could it possibly be someone unsavory? It's clearly not the pizza man. God fucking damn it, Charlie. Could he... <laughs> could... Honestly. Man could, man could not detect his way out of the fucking game of Cluedo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. His senpai will be yeah. very sad. His... his uh poor detective skills on display so bad I mean, he, he makes fucking Adachi you know who wants to be talking about murders look competent Adachi fucking honestly oh, oh man what, what a heel turn that'd be if it turns out Charlie is the Adachi of the show he's just oh my god <laughs> he's banana fish the whole time it really is a uh, person ah <laughs> uh, it's a double take no well banana fish is two things there's banana and then there's fish He's the pusher, right. banana, because he's the fish. You see. have to put them together to form the uh... ultimate evil power. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, just really brief note for me on the animation. Like, I, again, appreciate the show taking its time to do certain, you know, small things here and there. Like, so, so there was a nice jump cut earlier in the episode. Uh, more fluid moments, you know, with, um, like, <laughs> like you know, when we get the bit where Aegis, like, you know, Ash is out and he just, like, springs right up to the foreground. Like, it's quite funny. The show is managing to do really, really well with its animation. Mm-hmm. Just occasionally, like, small focus touches here and there, which are really, really welcome. Agree. I have always really enjoyed uh, Mappa's um, animations. Like, visually, you know, from a design point of view, the ones that are coming to mind, like um, Garo and uh, Bahamut, and of course, Yuri on Ice. And even when, you know, people were complaining that, you know, certain bits of Yuri on Ice were unfinished or, you know, a lot was left out and touched up on the Blu-ray, that that's all, like, that's all so. I mean, that's factual. Um, but even when I was watching the TV uh, broadcast, I didn't notice. I still was like, the show is so pretty. <laughs> so pretty. Oh it is God. a very, very pretty show, definitely. Um, it's like the prettiest show. It's just too pretty. <laughs> my God, that's what I was thinking. That's my brain. That's my brain voice. <laughs> uh, was it thinking that? Yeah, I was to say that was in that tone of voice as well. Wasn't it? Oh yeah, it's just too pretty. Too pretty. But this is what I'm. This show too. Like, yeah. I mean, I thought it looked really like nice and smooth. Um, I don't. I don't recall any outstanding bits like the uh, beginning. 
uh, at mm. the, the end of episode one, which I thought was like really spectacular. Um, but like, I also, this is not a show that I am like thinking about, oh man, they fucked up. You know, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly. like, look at all these technical errors, but like, I mean, who knows on Sakuga blog what they're right. I mean, I haven't checked in, but they could be writing an expose on all the flaws in it but that's <laughs> i've never really had an eye for the stuff like all you know my very amateur untrained gaze looks at banana fish and sees like this is a very solid production this is good mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure that you know at some point so say wait a minute ash's hair it went ginger for a nanosecond <laughs> Well, you know. The Ninja Turtles problem. <laughs> did, you, did you ever... <laughs> were you a fan of the original cartoon, the the 80s Ninja Turtles? I, I knew of it. You never watched uh, it? I, I watched it, but I just never watched it like consistently or got really all that into it. It was a fine distraction. Oh, it was a it was a glorious... A fine distraction. A fine... Mu- look. Look. It was a fantastic cartoon. And I was very, very into it from the ages of three till now. Um, <laughs> no, I really liked it. I really liked it as a kid. And I remember I owned a lot of the VHS tapes. And it was my first exposure to, like, you know, color, like, animation correction being a thing. Like, quality control mm. issues. Because, like, you know, you'd have one scene where Leonardo was talking. And, of course, his... Uh, bandana and elbow pads and stuff are blue mm-hmm. and that would be normal but then the camera angle would change and in that shot it was accidentally like orange which is of course <laughs> the color of Michelangelo how could maybe you make just, such a maybe, <laughs> maybe they just traded them around for a, for a laugh to confuse the others <laughs> just so, maybe, yes. who knows like, uh-huh. that, exactly uh, in mid conversation they managed to do it Go we need to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like two episode uh, product placement toy anime as well. Actually, at some point, that exists. What? I, yes, it what? exists. It what? exists. It exists. From from when is this? The nineteen ninety four. It was around the same time. Oh, it's yeah. got to be Raphael. It's got to be Raphael was my favorite soul because he just looked like a stone cold killer. He also had the coolest weapon. Oh yeah, he was the he was the funny one. Like yeah. he, he was, all the, he was, all he was he, felt like they were too tryhards for my taste as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, it was an earnest time for cartoons. They were yes, but Raphael was rude but cool. He got to be the sarcastic one. That's why yeah, he got have... to be the troubled one in the first movie. Oh, um, I didn't even watch that. In the first movie, like, <laughs> by the way, all the Ninja Turtle movies are bad. Now let me just put. So my friends and I went back and rewatched them. Th- three has always been bad. Three, it's one of those movies I might not even acknowledge it exists. If you try to talk to me about it on the street, but mm-hmm. two was shit. Even though I thought it was good, and one also not good. But in one, uh, it, I remember going to see it as a kid and being first of all like, this is not made for me. This is made for teenagers, and I'm a young child. Why are they saying cuss words? And Raph, since he was, like, the sarcastic one in the cartoon, he got to, like, you know, have, a, like, a Brooklyn accent. He got to be a tough guy, like, come on, Leo, Splinter, come on. What's your beef with me? 
Leo, why we always gotta do what you say? These are my three turtle fingers. The Ninja Turtles only have three fingers. This is how he talks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I'm drug us down into this quicksand. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's take our way out before you know we get sucked away like the Tetradrome. Um, but yeah, um, just continuing to really appreciate the technical fidelity of this show. It's definitely you know up there. And also, just again, like not even is it just good, but it's well applied. That's the thing I should probably put across there before. It's well applied, absolutely. I'm just putting out a poll about the animation. Uh, I thought you were going to put a poll out of like who's the favorite Ninja Turtle, and then of course my response would have been the Dark Horse Casey. He's not I mean, Turtle, technically. You got to take him out of the running because he'd be everybody's favorite. That was a badass. We love Casey Jones. Um. Okay. More talking points. Uh, I just want to once again uh, shout out the music yes. in the show because it's incredible. Um, Shinichi Osawa. Uh, God, and man, I've listened to his stuff. Uh, I for- I've already forgotten the stage name that he goes by um but holy crap uh it was really good this episode um mm. there was a really like what the synth that is playing when shorter shows up to bail them out and then they're kind of the three of them are having a discussion in the alleyway uh mm. that synth we see is unbelievable it's so good by the way by the way by the way side sidetrack side note like shorter and maybe he's also just a kid is he he's like is he early 20s or is he still a teenager uh well he's a master of disguise though so who can say how old the genuinely is (laughs) what what does he really look like (laughs) i mean (laughs) shorter is like you know an enigma I, I, I would want to guess. He <laughs> could be as old as I am. Who knows? Forever a mystery. <laughs> um, I'm trying. I'm looking at his mal page, and I'm not, as I scan, seeing an age. I knew it. They don't know um, because it's a complete mystery. Because <laughs> he's, you know, a man of many faces. He's an unusual, quote unquote, thug with a deep sense of honor. And a drive to always do the right thing. Uh, well, the, the thing I wanted to point out uh, before that whole bringing up the age thing is just he seems sort of um, like very accommodating. That age, like, at no point is he like, "Hey, Ash, Ash, what? Why is why is this person here with us?" Yeah. Like. <laughs> Doing who, these who horrible this, things. Yeah, who is this short round here? Is this shrimp here? I know, like, just... you know, this rookie. I mean, yeah, no objections. That's why I think you and I both sort of half expect him to be the one to drop the hammer on on him verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mirror says, I don't think his age was ever mentioned in the story. He's older than Ash, but we don't know the exact age. Mondo Grosso, thank you, or Grosso. I don't know how to pronounce that. We'll say Grosso. Um, thank you, Luther. That's the stage the, name of uh, Osawa. The sequel to the sequel to Porco Rosso, of course. 
<laughs> the Ninja Turtles short series, Mondo Grosso. <laughs> Uh, well, does that mean that does that mean the Shorts has an older brother named Longer? <laughs> no. Sorry, that was. Hang on, time. wait, stop, stop the show for just a moment, because <laughs> you have to get the boo. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. I just had to throw that one All right there. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I don't really have anything it's else sad. I think it's uh, as far as talking about it goes, it's just a, and again another really solid episode from the fish. Like, it was just bloody brilliant mm -hmm. as always. Like, hmm, yeah. I I don't have anything else really to add right now. It was just, it's just excellent. Yeah, very good. Um, are you? Do you think? Where do you think kind of Max, like? Where do you think his allegiance lies as far as Eiji? Because, you know, he said for now, basically, that the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Oh, do you mean uh, Do you mean his allegiance to Ash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, yeah. yeah. But Max, um... do, do you think he will, like, remain, like, a steadfast partner in this endeavor? I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I, ah, uh, ah. Uh, well, what did, what was mentioned previously about his family life? If you need a if you need a lever to apply pressure, how do you do it? Do it through someone's family. Oh shit! All right, all right. Here's what you're gonna do, Max. You're gonna fucking stab Ash in his sleep, or we kill your kid and we kill your wife. Simple as that. So if there is gonna be any shift in allegiance, it's gonna be from outside force. I reckon he's a genuinely decent person. Yeah. Which but is which I is think... why I feel like you you would think he would. At some point, try to stop Ash. I don't know. I think maybe he accepts that you know that there's nothing that he can do to convince him. Mm -hmm. Physically stopping him, you know, he might be able to do it on a case by case basis. But Ash has also threatened to flat out kill him, and it could very well do it. So I think that Max is, you know, being pragmatic in that you know he ultimately maybe you know can't stop him entirely, mm -hmm. but he can at least perhaps try and mitigate it. I mean, that's what he does by knocking him out, after all, at the end of this episode. I'm just curious, like, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if we'll get any twists and turns in that department. Twisting um, of the knife, perhaps. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think we forgot to mention that uh, From Death to Morning is a Thomas Wolfe... Uh, oh, again, that was in again. Yeah, as a Thomas Wolfe thing. I think it's the title of a short story collection. I don't think it is the name of an actual story, but please correct me on that if I'm if my research is bad. Um, For sure. I, I, sometimes the short story collections will be named for a short story, much as album names will be named after a song within it. But just as many times you have short story collections that get their own name based on a theme or whatever that doesn't correspond to the title of the story. Uh, I also don't really have anything. I mean, uh, you know, the show continues to be very gripping, uh, totally engrossing. I, it's really hooked me. Like, I'm, I'm so interested 
Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of a something uh, like a, a a major character, or, or by major character, I just mean like someone who's not like you know just been in like a shot. Even like characters that I guess technically are minor characters, right? Like shorter. Mm-hmm. But like all the the characters, I'm interested in seeing what happens to them. I want to have more time with them. Please don't die. Uh, I want him <laughs> more screen time. It's and... like I said, we get a Deadpool on. Oh, man. Uh, who did we say is let the... Me, let me get the... my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but goodness. Uh, it's it's super fascinating. I mean, I'm as hooked or more, you know, on this story as I was like 91 days yeah next uh, point of comparison there or but also i mean there's so much more um from the character relationship standpoint in this than than that show there's like all these sort of new wrinkles um there is gosh so much like you know that uh that angelo never really had in 91 uh he didn't have mm-hmm. kind of an ag figure and uh that whole element like i mean in a crude like, i'm gonna be very crude him to say like the smooshing together of yuri on ice in 91 days <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> like there, that just so there's so much there that I cannot wait to see unfold, and I cannot wait to follow down whatever trails they go. I mean, at this point, we are nearly a quarter of the way in, and I think I feel pretty confident in in the team handling it. I'm not like mm-hmm. on pins and needles waiting for them to fuck it up or whatever. And then there's already source material out there that they're following, so. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm actually, I'm super into it. This is one thing I need to make as a side. Actually, I think that this is something that I've realized as a trend now with the shows that I tend to like versus the shows I don't. Which is that I understand that anime, you know, always will have like this kind of pressurized, you know, hot, you know, cooker like you know mentality of like making shows, like you know, tight deadlines, crunch animation, you know, being a really underpaid, awful jobs to do. But at the very least, one of the things I appreciate about adapted works is that the existing material is there in full. We're not making shit up as we go along over the course of two seasons or more. You know, we have a framework in place, and it's the question of how we translate that rather than how we complete it that's, you know, um, really fascinates me. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of my favorite shows are stuff like Welcome to HK was adapted, I believe, from a light novel or a manga. It's, uh, I, think it's, I think it's. I think it's. Isn't it both? It could be. Whichever one was originally the start of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, of course, you have, you know, uh, Land of the Lustrous, which I adore immensely, and that is similarly, you, you know, adapted from the source. Um, so they have an existing blueprint, and that's why I enjoy these things so much, because they, you know, um, they know where they're going to end. They were def- created by people with a, a definable end game. So I'm really, really happy to, you know, keep watching something like this where I feel confident they have done that the material was already out not to say of course by the way that works that were created is entirely for you know television um that they didn't have an end game defined it's just that well it's easier and that's fine taking the easy way and adapting good quality material 
rather than having to create your own. It's a perfectly Vulcan thing. I'd rather have that be the case, you know, where I get to see stuff like this, you know, given life. And they're already making some nice changes, you know, to the original material to help um, bring it forward. Oh, we've had a, we've had an open question here. Well, let's have this then. So, Mira asks, "What do you guys think will happen in the next episode?" Hmm. Well, I think I mentioned it before. I think that they're going to have to firstly get out of New York in order to go to Cod, and I think that that's not going to be easy. Um, I think that Arthur's certainly going to intervene or interdict in some way. There'll probably be some hostility between uh, Ash and Max because Max did, of course, knock him out. You know, why are you always getting in my way? We're out. You know, we're no longer locked up together. Why are you here? You don't need to be here with me. You were forced to previously. Let me just go kill D Dino. Yeah, let me just go fucking plug him full of fucking lead, you know? Yeah. Give me a fucking AR-15 and I'll make sure it works. Um, and then AG will probably reflect on what nearly happened in the truck, I would say. Where he tried, you know, almost ended up shooting someone. Like, up until this point, apart from some moments of hesitation here and there, he's generally actually been quite gung-ho about it, mm -hmm. which seems contrary to his character. But I think that this particular incident in which he nearly did end up killing that guy in cold blood uh, could very well, you know, rein him back in a little bit and make him go back into his shell. And, the, you know, the response to that will be, okay, maybe Ash will say to him, I shouldn't have put that burden on you. I can't protect you, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't force you to do such horrible things to protect yourself. He was with Shorter, after all. Shorter might be able to look out for him. I mean, admittedly, still a bit of dead weight there, but this is, you know, a bit much to ask for this kid, to be quite honest. He's not a fucking, you know, street soldier. He's no. not a member of the Baseball Furies or something. He ain't that. So, I think there's going to be some more character interplay there. Possibly while they, like, I can imagine a seat, like, a thing where like, they're trying to get out of the warehouse, Arthur's got them pinned down, they're just waiting. Hmm. Waiting, you know, for a moment to escape. And that's when they start having these conversations come about, because the tension's forcing them to snap at each other. Yeah. You know, Max makes a suggestion, and then Ash goes, I didn't ask for your fucking opinion, I didn't ask you for the fucking be here, I didn't mm. ask you to knock me out when I had a plan. From the moment I met you to the moment I, to this moment now, you have been in my way, and I only tolerated it previously because we were forced to be together, but now that's not the case, so get the fuck out. If you want to, you know, be target practice for an Arthur, you can go do that. You can see that happen. So, who knows, maybe we have some sort of stakeout, shootout, standoff kind of thing. The Alamo, I don't fucking know. The Alamo. Uh, the Alamo. Are, yeah. uh, are you saying about AG that he's got soul, but he's not a soldier? Is that the second time we've done a killer's reference? I, I wanted to get it in just for you. Um, um, I can't can I just wait say how much I hate that lyric, by the way? That made no <laughs> That, that just, lyric from Just the out of the blue! Just, just fucking crowbarred into this song, and it's just like... It's it crowbarred is crowbarred in. It's just bollocks. Uh, hello to Blue Sea. Just, just, a th just a thing to say over and over. Like, and yes, in the in the context of the rest of the lyrics, it makes no fucking sense. Why is it there? Uh, catchy as it may be. Um, so, okay, so Mirror says a follow-up on the question. I'm a bit worried because the anime hasn't finished Volume 3. There are only 19 episodes left i feel like a lot of the latter moments might get cut hmm. um so to to just go back to the question that you that you asked previously so i am interested in a moment coming when 
Eiji feels like not just that he so so right now of course he he is infatuated I think with Ash he likes him he may even sort of feel some kind of inklings of of caring about him but he's not like firmly entrenched in his life I don't think that he thinks that I don't I don't even know if he knows how Ash feels about him like or or feels like he could have any say over his life but like I'm interested to see like if he if Eiji becomes a very important person and they they really connect like will he ever kind of step out and say hey Ash this thing you've been wanting to do and set your life towards maybe let's not do that because if youth you know uh, going hell for leather to try to kill Dino is probably going to result in you dying, and I don't want that. Um, mm. I mean, we said earlier that Ash feels very self-destructive, like he's on kind of a roller coaster to his own demise in some I mean, ways. And um, and, and, and he's going to stop. Like, the legs is out of the cage, so you know he's he's a caged animal set free. Of course, he's going to go nuts. In fact, it's actually kind of a slip up on Dino's part now. I think if I didn't think. Oh wait a minute! The kid who knows everything about me, you know, is going to be gunning for me now because he probably knows what's going on. Uh, but you know what? No, I'll go visit you know my usual clubhouse. You know, for you know, trading kids like the fucking Pokemon cards. Wanker. Oh, I mean, oh boy, yeah, we did not even touch on how like uh, we we <sighs> discussed it briefly, but yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, totally. I mean, it just. Actually, can I? Uh, there's something I just need to bring up very briefly. Okay. Actually, and I'm again, yeah. I'm again, make, I'm again making a reference to a show that you hate, but it's just a comparison point to show why this is done better. And it's Phantom, so bear with me on this. No, no, seriously, right? Seriously. So, are you going to bring up Limp you... Biscuit after this? <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm instead going to bring up, you know, Papa Roach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Doc! Don't cut my life into pieces. God damn it! Why are you doing I mean, bring... this? I mean, bring, bringing this stuff up is my last resort. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. God. Um, why would you say I fall between angels and insects? <laughs> this is amazing. This is like repeatedly striking the JRPG boss's weak spot. Great. I remember like every time I did, when... Every time I hit one of those, there was the one more sound from Persona 4 coming up. <laughs> I remember when that guy lost a bunch of weight between albums, and then for all the music videos for that second album, the Papa Roach guy made sure to wear sleeveless shirts because he's like, hey, look at me. I am skinny now. Congratulations. Uh, anyway, the point I was going to make was this. So for those of you who've not watched Phantom Requiem for the Phantom, good, keep it that way. You you are living happy, healthy lives. You are you know blissful in ignorance. You've not seen what we've seen. Um, but there is a villain in it. Uh, the villain's name is Scythe Master because the show has, you know, got no sense of, you know, self-awareness or irony. Um, and he buys a <clears throat> a child to serve as his personal assassin. So why am I bringing this up relative to what's going on here? Because the thing is, we get a lot of detailed stuff about what happens with Ayn or Erin, that child, in Phantom. And mm-hmm. this is, again, Banana Fish's credit in that it's... It actually, you know, does more harm, makes you 
feel more disgusted by what's going by not explicitly stating it. Like, here's a senator, he buys kids. Does he then, you know, go into graphic detail what he does with the kids? No. But as I've said previously, Thank it's deviant to your imagination. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing, because I don't want to explicitly put that no. anyway. But, no. But unfortunately, the human mind and the human imagination, when it's presented with gross, awful, disgusting, heinous bullshit like this, it will imagine the worst thing imagined. It's like what happened, you know, previously when Ash's, you know, interrogation caused, you know, the guy, the Ben cop came in and showed him the pornography of himself. Like, we didn't get to see that. Mm -hmm. But that's the point, because it's about us imagining it and the horror of it. So this is another great example of where less is more. And they've created, like, they've created the environment as such that, you know, <laughs> in this world, with this person running things... It is easy to imagine really, really horrible shit. Uh, hmm. You know, I mean, it's not a thing that they could just do in every show, and and, and I guess hit the same kind of emotional note. Um, but but yeah, I mean, thank you for saying that because I was looking for a way to express what you just said. Like, they, it's not like that they they showed what happened to the kids or or went into great exposition about it. But they had some accompanying imagery, so a little narration about it, and that was like enough to make the blood run cold. I think just imagining that—I yeah. mean, that's that's just a horrifying thing, a reality of of yeah. our and and yeah, I I really did like yeah uh, that they did not uh, push that too hard. Yeah. It's the worst kind, essentially, of the Wheel of Fortune complete the word thing. <laughs> like, you know, just, oh, grim. Fucking grim. But yeah, again, less is more. It's comp very competent Sometimes it can be knowing... too much more. <laughs> yeah, but, that's it. But, like, but you know. You, you, you and I and everyone else, of course, in the audience here, you know, we're all the products of what we know from our environment. You know, from news we've read, instance, you know, people who we may or may not know personally, but we've seen on the news, you know, such like that. So we can fill in the blanks. And unfortunately, we fill in the blanks with an amalgamation of all the most horrible, heinous shit that we ourselves know of, that we, well, of course, our experience personally, can kind of piece together. And it's just fucking ghastly. So, no, ex exactly, Blue Sea. Not, they couldn't do that anyway, of course, because of standards and practices. Nor should they, even if standards and practices did not exist as a legal thing, it's, you know, morally and ethically repugnant to put that kind of material in there. Even if it's, you know, something that's expressed as a negative thing, it's still too much. I mean, I admittedly have seen, unfortunately, the human centipede. And yeah, I get the point that the bad guy was, you know, bad in that, and the things that were in it were awful. But no, it was still too fucking much. It was still disgusting, and I hated it. Yeah, well, I, the... and, and, well, so I think what Luther means when he says that's worse when they don't show it is just blue sea the imagination yeah just your imagination and and also that it doesn't feel like um pornographic you know it, it i guess like if it could be worse in just in terms of an experience for you sitting there uh watching it and you're thinking like oh boy like what's the motive behind showing this this feels very tasteless da, da, da. but um but but yeah, like when you when you have when you move all that out of the picture and you're I guess sort of just thinking about the in world consequences or 
the real life analogs. We should change topics. This is very <laughs> heavy. We yeah, should not talk. Let's not talk together. about the human centipede anymore. No, no, no. Less in terms of how to destroy it appropriately without pollucing your room. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was quite impressed with that. Um, otherwise, it's pretty much all I really want to say about the episode. It's just another good continuation. Um, oh, I never did say what I think will happen the very next episode. Oh, you did. Sorry. Yes, oh, that's I, okay. So I just um. I just think I think Max will will kill Ash and assume his identity. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, the whole of course. Thing. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I, I do think it will continue to downshift and be even more reflective. Um, I think we'll see. We'll see. I suspect backstory. I suspect. Um, perhaps uh, well, a lot of dialogue uh, conversations. Perhaps some some outright character conflict. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, but as you pointed out, we want to see Ash do cool action stuff. <laughs> uh, but we also <laughs> but we also want to see the romance. You know, as I said, so perhaps this will be kind of the occasion for maybe some steps down that road. Perhaps the AG and Ash's relationship can can move forward away from, you know, the gun violence and stuff, where they have a minute to breathe together. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's rate this episode. Uh, for me, I am going to give this episode for our fish. Uh, you know, from death to morning. Still, an amazing title. It is. Uh, it's so I... good. It's the best pun. It's like a yeah. the uncringy, like cool pun, like the rare good pun. <laughs> it's the Papa Roach song that never got released. Mother. F- Made me pull out an earbud. Please. Please. It's all going according to plan, folks. Man. <laughs> uh, but anyway. <clears throat> Gonna be talking so, about uh, your like favorite Incubus records before they sold out and went pop. When they were still making new metal, <laughs> science the best out. God damn it! I hate that I know all this shit. Please rate the episode. <laughs> yes, I will rate. It. I'm going to give it four out of five proof plants. Um, it's. I don't know. Like it's weird trying to rate the show because to be honest, like even when I rate it, like it's three point five out of five. Like it's still really damn good. Um, I am of the opinion that if it keeps this level of quality or even goes beyond that. It will probably be the fifth 10 out of 10 anime show that I've seen in my entire life so far. Well, sorry, no, that's a lie. Uh, no, it would be the fifth, yeah, sorry, I'm getting mixed up here. But it would be the fifth. Like, I tend to have quite high standards for this kind of stuff. And But thus far, it's just, well, I don't think it's made a single cock-up apart from possibly some pacing and tonal issues. Minor as they are, like, they're only small. So, I am continually very impressed with this. Now, I will admit that, yes, they have source material that they're bringing to this that is quite well acclaimed. Right. But we can't obviously ignore the competence of the people actually animating and adapting this. Like, the little touch, like, something we didn't actually mention that I think we should bring up is that in the original um, this is actually relevant to what Lucy's just brought back. In the original manga, I learned uh, recently from uh, Dave on Twitter, shall I say, that um, it was originally set in Vietnam, because of course it was in the 80s and Iraq was not a thing back then. Right. Now, I actually don't mind the adaptational changes to make it more modern, although I understand that, you know, 
it's a master of personal preference there, but someone who's not read the original. I appreciate them doing that. Um, what I actually wish they had done, though, is did they clarify in the very first episode if it was Iraq or Afghanistan? Oh, boy. Yeah, I think so. I believe that they, they had a like a Chiron or title card or whatever. That's yeah, said, I'm trying to remember know. what it was. I'm just thinking it would make more sense for it to be Afghanistan because, as it happens, Afghanistan is the one of, I believe, the world's largest supplier or credit producer of opium, which, of course, would science the drug thing. Just a, that's a small minor thing that doesn't matter one way or the other. But I nonetheless appreciate them actually changing up the settings. It feels mm -hmm. a lot like, you know, only a modern Iron Man, where, you know, that was originally set in Vietnam, but they then changed it to, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> yeah, again, another straight hit. Well shot. Can't, can't false it. Just responding to chat. Well, I'll just respond verbally. Uh, yeah, no, I, so the, the modern updated setting, uh, Blue Sea, I hear you. So we talked about this in our earlier episodes, just that, um, some of the storytelling conventions and things that happen in the plot are a cloakier fit when it comes to like the queer characters and the coding and mm. possible stereotyping yeah, and, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, they are a product of their time and that sort mm -hmm. of stuff has advanced since then and so so the fit may be a little maybe a little awkward we totally yes we've talked about that um yeah. and and we're I'm... i think we've made our peace with it and we're just like you know yeah. this is an well, artifact okay of the day it. you know i'm actually okay with it and the way it handles the relationships because while it is translating it from aces and keeping it you know very you know subdued on you know their sexuality i think that it's not reasonable to suspect or sorry to expect rather that in certain groups such as criminal groups like this they if you know you were um you know homosexual that you would want to keep that under the radar if that wasn't something that you were using as an overt power play like dino like marvin like all those other wankers right so i think that that still exists i think that you know things have gone better of course uh, but at the same time depending on the environment that you grow up in there are still pockets of you know places and contexts and environments in which you can't openly express your sexuality. I mean, even when Ash leaves the prison in this very episode, Pete, the guys are still calling after him. They're still saying, come back anytime, baby, you know, that yeah. whole stuff. And that's, that's and so, that doesn't feel um, antiquated or anything. I think, no. I think it's more like the actual relationship between Ash and Eiji, like, I, you know, the sort of he never lets anyone touch his gun stuff ah <laughs> uh, yeah the more the more subtextual kind of like you right. know um, almost juvenile kind of humor kind of stuff i mean I yeah maybe not even humor but like i think people are just you know where it goes um, where yeah um, and uh and how i mean the fact that this is not a boys love manga like straight up i think you know it's been talked about by a lot of people on twitter that like it was sort of marketed as shoujo originally because back then boys love is not a thing that could stand on its own the the sort of publisher didn't think so and so if you wanted to do a story about that you had to have a, this other thing to get people to come to the tent and it was you know this crime story um mm. so anyway that's all to say i i think you know we'll cover that stuff as it comes up you know, if we think 
the handling of it is is poor or could be done better you know that sort of, but but yeah i think you know eyes wide open that this is uh this is a cultural artifact from you know 30 years ago now um mm. but here's my rating is that is it flipped no 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 that, you can't see no, it's, it's backwards no i can be that okay 4.25 morning pistols <laughs> so so what is that four pistols and then the clip or the, you know the safety yep. ramp or mm-hmm. whatever four pistols like, you know, and a bullet <laughs> and, and, the, and the ring hammer yeah <laughs> Uh, Fair enough. Echoing everything that you said. Fabulous episode. Loved it. Consistently good. Um, and so, Which is all boys, boys Love all is I a want. subgenre of shoujo. Oh boy, I this is not even a thing I feel qualified to talk about, especially Me when either. it comes to manga. Like, um, Sex Pistols, right? Right? Because I mean, there are people that consider it its own thing because it's not just for for women, you know. Whereas shoujo is not even like a genre it's like a marketing demo um you know it's it's like a here's here, we have a shoujo magazine right which is we're gonna put stuff in here we think this age range of this kind of person you know these these girls these ladies would would enjoy but i think boys love is actually i think i want to say it's different just because you know it's not just marketed just for ladies even though you know ladies are a huge part of the audience there but I don't know. It's it's not something that I'm. We'd have to have uh, a guest on to really hash that stuff out. Um, that is more kind of fluent in that world. Eighty um, should look seventies and eighties shojo was lit. You, it doesn't get any better than fucking Rose of Versailles and um, was this eighty? Was Dear, Dear Brother was a nineties anime? Was that based on? But that was based on a manga, right? From anyway. I, I, I'm out of my depth on this stuff. I'm a throw. Osamu Dazaki Shoujo <laughs> does not get any better than that. Hmm. Melodramatic, people slapping the shit out of each other. It's great. Drugs are involved. Hmm. It's amazing. But that being said, um, put a pin in the idea of you know who this show is originally meant to be marketed to and the material. For something later that I'm going, I'm considering as a talking point for a future episode, depending on how things go with AG Nash. But just keep that in the back of your mind, folks. For sure. So, um, well, let's check in again on the Twitter polls. Twitter polls. So we've got two this week, and uh, one of them is do you like the movie mystery men because this got brought up because we were talking about forks and then you brought up the blue raja which praise be to you because the blue raja is an incredible character and it is it is not the simpsons voices but that character which that guy will forever be known to me what's his name who i can't why can't i remember names hank azaria yes thank you hank Hank azaria will forever be the blue raja to me rather than voice of all the simpsons characters um right now that's at 100 percent yes so our audience is good good you better stay that way i'm just warning you all (laughs) 
And don't you be don't you be faking smack talk about mystery men? No, uh, no, because uh, because then um, I had a joke, and then it left me because my memory is, uh, is my mind is total garbage. I was gonna do a bit that involved the stress ball, you know, like Ben Stiller would do, like that little sucker <laughs> just saved your life. That whole, you know. Um, anyway, our other poll: <laughs> Did the animation in Banana Fish impress you relative to other episodes? Uh, that's also at one hundred percent yes. But it's very early days with that, so uh, please be sure to head over to Twitter.com/slash Show to vote. And yep. uh, we thank you all for participating so far. Um, and and thank you all so much for tuning in as always. Yes. Feel free to suggest polls in chat. <laughs> See, um, right? And we'll ignore them mostly, but <laughs> one or two of them we might use. <laughs> Uh, no, well, I think I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we've already gone well on past uh, when we usually stop, but that's okay because we got a lot of listener or sorry viewer questions this time, which is which is nice. Uh, we always appreciate those. Mm-hmm. Uh, however long people want to talk about banana fish, I'm happy to to engage in that speculation and discussion. We we'll um, talk about something good for once, so you know, let's enjoy the time. Let's that we soak it up. So, put it in my skin. <laughs> Injected like into my veins, straight up. Um, needle drop that banana fish. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to harass you after seeing this vod? Well, if you you know want to find me on Twitter, you need to firstly set sail towards the Northern Star and cover that distance for about twenty leagues. Make a <laughs> left at the Cape of you know Norway and no, I'm taking of course uh, you can find me at shaden 1010 on twitter i also have a curious cat that's also shaden 1010 so feel free to you know ask me about why i'm suddenly bringing up narcissal references in this random fucking you know show <laughs> so and if you want to hit me up uh i am at the subtle doctor on twitter i've not resurrected my curious cat i've not performed life two upon it so in the ground it remains but Perhaps can, at a later date. Can you be giving a phoenix down? Nope. Come on, man. No, I'm don't hoarding them. Game. I'm very... Don't... What, for the time that you don't get to use it on Ares? You know, oh, she's dead. Do we want to do anything about it? Ah, of course we don't. One day I'll find out how to bring her back. You just wait. It's going to happen. I'll discover Shark. it. Did they really have that in Game Shark? Yes, you could apparently Game Shark <laughs> her back. Oh, so she could just like appear in your party, but the storyline would still play out? I believe so. Kicking yeah. the bucket. It was it was, there were, there were Sorry, it. spoilers for Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Air <Yeah>. stops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, that is our show. Uh, please like, like this, subscribe, hit the bell, all that stuff. If you like us on YouTube, if you want to follow the podcast, we have a SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and get this stuff uh, mm-hmm. for your commute for your times when you do not have access to the YouTube. Um, also, you know, tweet us or email us. Desho. The email is at Gmail. Uh, you know, if you have any questions or mm-hmm. you hate um, the Ninja Turtles and want to uh, slag us off about even enjoying what is the fucking masterpiece of 80s cartoondom. 
Then by oh, all means, don't, come no, at me. No, don't sideways into that. No. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still sore about all the bullshit that happened with She-Ra. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please. Oh, man. Can you, you know, let's not even, let's not even no. imagine the backlash. <laughs> Netflix makes an instrument. Thanks for joining this fo- uh, this week. Uh, thank you all very much. Uh, embrace each <laughs> yes. other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> Oh! <laughs>